Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. So here's the thing. We're gonna talk a little bit. I'm gonna ask Joe some questions, leadership related. And then um, here in about 25, 30 minutes, uh, we're gonna open it up and we're gonna let you guys ask some questions as well. And we'll have a mic uh, in the room that we're gonna run around and let you guys ask some of your leadership questions for Coach Lombardi. And then um, those of you that are watching online as well, uh, if you're watching from Facebook or YouTube, you can type your questions in and we will uh, respond to those as best we can, get to as many of those as we can as well. So uh, Coach, thank you so much for being here and being a part. I really do appreciate it. Um, for, for the people, no, go ahead, you can, I'll let you talk. You can talk whenever you want. <laughs> no, I'm excited to be here, Mel. It's my, my privilege to be here and, and share some, some thoughts or ideas, and uh, if it's helpful to someone along the way, that's, that's, even, uh, that's even better. Absolutely. Well, and I've been, I've been impressed over the years. I mean, I've lived here eight years and watched a lot of basketball at the KCAC and been able to observe from a distance for a while. And then over the last few years, we've been able to build a relationship and get to know each other some. And I've been so impressed with uh, your level of leadership because, um, and for those of you that don't know Coach Lombardi, he is a very accomplished basketball coach. Um, and he is, he's not a good basketball coach for Division Two. He is a good basketball coach, period. And you've had opportunities to go to higher divisions and bigger schools and things like that. Um, but he's, he does a fantastic job um, with X's and O's, but you do a wonderful job just with the men that you lead as well. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, and... And just, again, so you guys know, if you're not familiar with some of his accolades, I would encourage you guys, Google Coach Lombardi later on, and uh, you will see that he's one of the winningest coaches in all the NCAA based on winning percentage. He wins a very high percentage of his games. And, um, and the truth is, there are a lot of people that know basketball, uh, but not all of them can lead well. And then there are people that are good leaders, but they don't know basketball, so they would not make a good coach. But I feel like you do a good job of kind of mixing those things together. You know basketball, um, and that's evident, but you also lead well. Yeah, Mel, uh, first of all, thank you for those accolades. Uh, you know, a lot of the success is just due to the, being in a great situation at a great school and easy in a great cell, and that attracts players and people. And... Um, and, and that's what really is the foundation for the success. And then, then it's up to me to build on that. And um, as, as I've grown as a coach over 40 years, um, a lot of my outlook towards that has been towards um, the, the, the most fun that I have, the most challenging things that I do is, is, try, to, is try to mold a team together, is try to reach people and, uh, and help them grow and grow people. And um, to me, that's exciting when you can pull people together. It's diff basketball is different from some other sports because it's five guys working in unison and everybody can have the same role and you have to separate some of those roles. So um, that's, that's a challenge and, and a very rewarding experience when it, when it does come all together. So um, like a lot of coaches, you traveled a lot, you, you had, did stints at lots of different places before you landed at IUP, and we can, we can touch on some of that later, but, um, but when you came to IUP, you didn't walk into a situation where they were just, it was just rolling and you just had to keep it pointed in the right direction. You, you inherited a situation that was less than ideal. Um, and, and I'm sure in your heart, you had a vision of what could be. You had a vision of having a championship caliber team, you know, having a, a winning culture, but that's not what you inherited. So what did the first couple of years look like when you got to IUP? Try to forget those, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny what you, you want to remember or not. Um, the first couple of years were challenging, but, but it was challenging in a good way. I, I got to find out a lot about myself. I got to discover myself and who I was as a coach. Okay, we won six games the first year. Three of them were against Division Three teams, were Division Two, So three of them were... We were supposed to win. We just showed up, so to speak, relatively speaking. But, um, and I found out right away that uh, you learn humility, okay, that uh, I can't win with I want bad players. 
<laughs> or players, I don't want to say bad players, players that weren't at that level, mm -hmm. okay? Because they're all good. They were good players. They just weren't good at the level that we were trying to play at, Yeah. okay? Yeah. So, um, so I learned humility that I'm not that good of a coach, and I learned it. Um, and sometimes you realize when you fail, you grow because you, you realize that you, you got to be relying on others. You got to be reliant on others, meaning you got to be relying on the players. I'm not that special. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. Players is getting good players is the base of it. Um, having good assistance. I've been yeah. blessed with good assistance over the years and, 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 and you grow an appreciation for like, okay, we got to get this all pulling together in one way. All right. And, um, so that was ended up being the biggest eye opener and, mm -hmm. And it, and it taught you patience, okay? So I was never here to, I never came to IUP to, when I left Pitt, I was at University of Pittsburgh before as an assistant in, the very, in a top 10 national type program. And somebody said, well, you know, you'll go to IUP and you'll win and you'll get a division one job in a few years after that. But that was never my intent. My intent was to um, settle in, build a program, um, raise my family, and, uh, and just kind of grow like that. Um, uh, it was never over, you know, your ego gets involved because you want to have, you want to have success. You want to mm -hmm. be good at what you do. I yeah. think that everybody, yeah. but, um, that was never the most dominating factor. Yeah. So first couple of years were rough. Year three, you kind of turned the corner, you had a winning season and then year four, you guys had a big year. So what, what was the biggest thing for you that changed between year one and year four? Like, what, was, what were the things, and I know you mentioned the importance of having the right players, having the right staff, but what was, what was the thing that you feel like was most important to help you guys get from being a team that really struggled to a team that, yeah, you won 30 games, 33 games your fourth season. So, like, what do you feel like the most important thing was to help you guys make that change in your culture? First of all, Mel, um, that first year, I had the lead also, okay? I had some young men that were dedicated and, and, and were working very hard and putting all they had into it. But it was a different type of leadership, okay? I had to work hard at lifting them up and, and making sure they understood that their whole identity wasn't playing basketball, mm -hmm. okay? That they were more than that. So when they did fail, that they, they didn't take those failures too hard, okay? Uh, we competed, we worked at it, but I had the, the love on those kids. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, we, you know, we, we, we got more talented players into the program. I didn't have to lift them up as much in that sense, but I had to teach those guys on how to sacrifice, how to give, you know, they could all do more, but I need you all to do less so that we can all fit together as a, as a team. And then, you know, that's where the leadership part comes in. Um, you can't always... Uh, people in different jobs and different things, you, you feel like you can do more and you're restricted sometimes, but you, you have to play your role. You have to try to be great at your role. And yeah. As, as we went on to play for the national championship in, in the fourth year, as Mel mentioned, um, you know, we had a lot of guys, we really had a lot of talent and um, all those guys had to make some types of sacrifices. So for the good of the greater cause, and that became my, that became the challenge for me, mm -hmm. not so much to develop their skill, because we had a lot of skill already, but, but can they play together and can they become a cohesive unit? Yeah. Um, so you had a lot of success, but you still were having to build this up. And are we a fluke? Did, you know, did we get lucky, catch lightning in a bottle for a couple years? And, um, and, and, there's a difference between just winning and building a winning culture. And you guys have established a winning culture. So what do you feel like the most important parts for you as the coach? Because really you're not just a coach, you kind of refer to this, you're kind of the, the caretaker of the culture. Um, like you're stewarding something more than just wins and losses. So what is the most important thing you do or you know, the values you have or whatever it might be to help foster a winning culture with your team? Let's talk about, um, I guess the best way to approach this is just talk about some of the pillars that we have, okay? Yeah. Um, in our program. And uh, one of them's gratitude, mm -hmm. okay? Um, staying humble. You know, we had transfers that come in from big Division I programs, and, and they had to learn humility. They thought they were going to come in and, be, and rule the roost, and they had to learn that, you know what, they're no different from anybody else, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not your status. 
Um, you're an IUP basketball player. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. And so we learn humility. And what we tell our guys is humility is not thinking less of yourself, okay? It's just thinking of others more, yeah. okay? And that's not a concept that you say one time and, and, and all of a sudden, oh, it clicks in. They buy into it. You have to keep cutting the stone with it, cutting the stone with it. There's a saying, Jacob Reese, okay, has a saying out there. It's kind of famous. It's in different locker rooms. I stole it from San Antonio Spurs, and Villanova <laughs> has it in their locker room. But, um, you know, a stone cutter will chop at the stone 99 times, and, and it, won't, it won't break. And then on the 100th chop, it cracks. But it's not the 100th chop that did it. It's the 99 before that, okay? Yeah. And so there was no miracle potion or, 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 or sayings by me, but it was a constant, um, it's constant reinforcing these values. So yeah. humility was one of them. Um, uh, gratitude was another one, okay? We got to be thankful for what we, everything we have. We have to be thankful for the community. When we first got here, we used to go out into the elementary schools and we had hoop troop. Um, you know, trying to, we had hoop troop for the young kids. Uh, we had, uh, we set up like a tailgating in the ROTC building for, for, for other people, okay, that wanted to partake and uh, with, with drinks and food and stuff before games. But, but we, I had to show the kids also that it was important and, and, and that people cared about it. And, and you have to create a caring culture. But we had to care first, mm -hmm. okay? We had to care about everybody else first before they cared about us, I felt. And, um, and that, that's been a foundation. And then the other one is, um, that I want to speak to is, is commitment. And, uh, you, you know, we have some pictures in our locker room of uh, commitment championship rings. And it's, I tell them it's not a sign of winning. It's a sign of commitment to each other and a commitment to the process. So everything is drilled into these guys on a daily basis. And they get, they, at times they get, they don't even, they start talking about it. Yeah. Okay. It becomes part of who they are. Yeah. And it's commitment to the process and to one another. Okay. And and then you have to define commitment. You have to teach kids how to what is commitment, and that's part of leadership is to get them understand what commitment is to to the process. What commitment is to each other? How are you committed to each other? Hmm. How do you love each other? How do you how do you care about each other? How do you sacrifice for each other? Um, you just can't. And, and you know, we, there's a lot of individual meetings, a lot of lunches, and things like that. Um, and I think from a leadership position, sometimes we use phrases and we use words, but we don't really, we assume that the other person knows what we're talking about. Yeah. And many, yeah. And many don't. No, that's really good um, because even talking about like defining what commitment is, it's interesting because that, you wouldn't think that's subjective, but it really is. Uh, so, because you've got kids that are coming to you from all different backgrounds and their idea of commitment might look very different than what you're trying to instill in them. And so contextualizing that form makes a big difference. It helps them understand, no, no, here's the baseline. Here's what we're talking about. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. So what are, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, what are some ways you, you show them, you know, I know you said we take them to lunch. There's lots of meals, lots of time together. But how do you demonstrate Hey guys, here's what commitment looks like in our context. Um, here's what here's what gratitude looks like. You know, not just going to the school, but like in the context of a practice or you know spending time together. Here's how we embody these these ideas. Well, one of the things, you know, as as I cover some thoughts for for leadership night and, and wanting to touch on that is, um, I, I I think first of all we have to understand this. We're, Whatever capacity you're in, you're a leader. You're leading someone. Yeah. Okay? Because you're going to be a man of influence whether you want to be or not. Okay? You're either going to be good influence or bad influence. Okay? You're either going to influence people by your actions and how you, and how you do things one way or the other. So um, part of that is building leaders from the beginning. I want to build leaders from my assistants. I got to build leaders from my seniors. I want to build leaders from my captains. Okay? I have to think how can I build them to be leaders? It just can't come from me. Mm -hmm. If it comes from me, um, you know, we have a saying in the locker room, good teams are coach-driven, great teams are player-driven. Mm, that's but good. they have to, and, and it could be in any type of work, okay? Um, you know, my, I see my friend Don Yui out there, and he has a lot of people working for him, but um, if he's doing the leading all the time, he's not going to have a very good um, operation. Yeah. He has to have people from within also leading when it's their opportunities to lead and influence it. And that's all part of building culture is you build leaders in your system. So then the next thing is 
Um, lost my train of thought after that, but um, you know, in building, and so so that that's all part of you building leadership yeah. from within. Then I, I think you have to walk the walk, which yeah. is really important. Yeah, um, we want to talk about servant leadership. You've all heard that term, I'm sure. Um, you, you, the kids, if you're going to talk about gratitude. They better, you better have be focused on being grateful and expressing gratitude, mm-hmm. okay, um, to them and to the people around you when they're, you know, when they're, when you don't, when they don't think you're looking, okay, yeah. they're going to, their, their eyes are going to be on you, okay, that's how you influence people in a positive way, not by what you say, but what you're doing, um, you know, you have to show humility at times, okay, so it has to come from you, you have to lead in that way, and uh, I think a lot of it comes um, the leadership thing comes leading with the heart. I, th- I think it has to lead with the heart, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good. Um, you mentioned the early years were a little leaner, a little rougher, um, and getting the right people in place. And these are things that leaders of any kind of organization deal with. If you're recruiting staff or volunteers or whatever it might be, um, it's hard to get the right people on your team. Um, but as you start to have more success, it was easier to get the kind of players you wanted and the coaches that, that you wanted. Because I'm sure all your coaches, you're grateful for all of them, the players, although I wanna, don't want to denigrate any of them. But as, as you had more and more success, it became easier and easier to get the kind of players you would like. Um, so what did that look like when, when you're... What was your strategy when you were, um, before you had as much success as you guys have now? What did that look like when you were uh, going after players? Were you, were you saying, hey, here's where we're at, and so I need, to get, I need to recruit players that are gonna maybe help us get a step further, or I know where we're at right now, and these guys will fit me for, or how, are you, how are you strategizing your recruitment process? Because there's people sitting in the room and watching online that they're, they're dealing with turnover in their organization, and a lot of them are just trying to hang on. They're just trying to fill positions. But what did that look like for you when you're dealing with staff and recruits and things like that? I think that's a, a great question. As, as time went on, <clears throat> I matured, okay? Uh, I'm still maturing, <laughs> okay? Um, that doesn't mean, Sherry, I'm immature, okay? <laughs> <laughs> good friend sitting over there, Sherry, to work with, and she does a wonderful job of helping us out over at the athletic department. But, um, and she's probably seen some of my maturity. <laughs> so, but that being said is, um, be honest with you, my, my direction really evolved over the years, okay? And, and, and my faith had a lot to do with my, with the evolution of the direction evolving, okay? I start putting a greater focus on, um, when recruiting the, the heart of an individual, okay? Um, not the perfection of the individual, okay? It doesn't mean the individual never had any issues or any problems, okay? But if they had issues and problems, did they have a good heart? Is it, a, you know, like we preach so much about unselfishness in our program. And um, I can't take a group of 18, 19, 20-year-olds that have been selfish or that or lean that lean towards being selfish because we're all on a spectrum now all right that are way over here being selfish and all of a sudden convince them to be unselfish mm-hmm. so when I, when I speak to the heart I'm talking about identifying kids that show some way shape and form of that they can sacrifice and they can give of themselves and they're not self-centered okay and that they can um, move to the you know, that I can have the potential to move them over here even more. Yeah. All right, so that they can make sacrifices because as you're building a team and as you're trying to lead a team and, and, and Mel said things about turnover, um, you don't always have, um, if, if some of you are employers, you don't always have unlimited choices on who you're hiring, mm-hmm. okay? So that can be very challenging. I don't always have unlimited choice on who I want. I can't, if I just take all wonderful young men and that's their only quality and they're wrestlers okay i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna be around to have the platform to do that in the future yeah that's, that's the reality of it and the same thing in your job so so you have to but but if you if you can look into a person's heart and and look into um do they do they want 
Can you move them? Can you influence them to be great teammates, great coworkers? Okay. And so um, as time went on and we got better, I could be a little bit more selective. Yeah. And I never judge any other team in their program on what they do because they all have different challenges. Okay. And they're trying to do the best they can with the challenges they'd have. Okay. Someone said to me a long time ago, he says, you know, you guys really do it the right way. Once you start winning, they say that. They didn't say that after the first year. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They were saying something about highway. I didn't know. I didn't hear the first part of that. Okay. They said, you know, we'll always love you. We'll miss you, but we'll always love you. Okay. (laughs) But so, you know, you, you search for their heart. Yeah. And, and, and you get a better job of doing that. And then you coach from the heart and you try to, you know, my philosophy is try to, to reach their hearts in different ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I'm going to appeal to the student athlete a little bit different than the coaches, but a sure. little different than other people that I interact with. But it's still at the end of the day, it's still about relationships. Yeah. Okay. And the focus is on relationships not on results. Yeah. And, and if you focus and build relationships, then, then results tend to follow along with it. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think there's some common ground there. One of the things we talk about when we're talking about leadership is, like when it comes to recruiting for a department or for a company or whatever it is, they have to have a certain skill set to be able to do their job. If they can't do their job, then no matter how nice they are, they can't be part of the organization. But... Um, I, I, I want to look for character because I can train somebody for skill, but I can't train somebody to have the right heart like you were saying earlier. So, um, so is that, how big a part is that? I mean, it sounds like it's a big part, but when you're recruiting somebody, um, how important is it for you to get to know them and for them to get to know you before they walk on campus, you know, to, to be part of the, uh, the university? I think it's important, but you don't always have that luxury when, yeah. we, when we're recruiting. Yeah, you know, you, you have to you have to go on instincts. You have yeah. to go. Um, you know, when a kid comes on campus, you have to. You know, we had a kid on campus, and his mother was a little bit embarrassing. Um, let me just put it that way, without trying to be too judgmental. But if I was a young kid, I might have said, "Mom." chill okay I might have been kicking around to the table or something all right and yet he was respectful he he just sat there and kind of lived with it Mm -hmm. It showed me it showed me a sense of maturity that he's not so inwardly into himself that oh I'm being embarrassed she's embarrassing me okay that he was able to withstand that so even though we hadn't recruited this young man a long time I was impressed by that yeah um this young man was uh, was Muslim, so he was just going through uh, dealing with Ramadan. So he hadn't anything to eat or drink since sunup, and he had to play pickup. He played with our guys at four o'clock, and they're all going for water, and he he wanted water so bad, but he denied himself water. Okay, mm-hmm. and then when the sun went down at seven forty-five, you know he got after those chicken wings. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, you know, but, but, you know, I looked at this young man. I said, you know what? He, he understands what it is to sacrifice. He understands what it is to be, make commitment, okay? Yeah. And, and he understands what it is to, to have a faith. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm not going to recruit people based on their faith, but uh, I, I think I can help grow this young man. And, and I think that young man can help grow me, too. And, um, yeah. and, I, and sometimes... Um, you know, there's been a lot of young men in the program over the years that, that have helped me become a better, um, better person, a yep. better Christ-like person. Mm-hmm. Um, just like everybody else in our country um, had to deal with COVID and the interruptions and the disruptions that came with COVID, uh, COVID really disrupted you guys. You had such a fantastic team um, that season, 2019-2020 season. Um, and your season was cut short. And then 2020 and 2021 season, you really didn't play much at all. You guys basically played a couple of games, and that was it. Um, So what were some things you did to help your guys navigate that season, and how how did you guys come through that and get to the other side? Maybe not just specifically COVID, but just generally speaking, when it comes to adversity, like how do you help – your team navigate that because every team's going to have issues. 
Every organization's gonna have issues, but what are the things you do to help your team navigate those things better? No, that specifically was, uh, I don't know if anybody led well during that because you didn't know how you were leading, <laughs> okay? Uh, we always, we get better at leading, I think, through experience, all right? And that was something that was just, just really different. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, we tried to make the, well, we were going to host the NSA tournament, and that was canceled. Excuse me. And then uh, the following year, it was just upheaved, mm -hmm. okay, just, just so to speak. And, um, you know, it, it just came down to trying to, to, to love on these guys and, and, and having compassion and trying to meet them where they are, mm -hmm. okay? Um, each one was a little bit different. Each one bothered a little bit more than others. Um, there were teams in West Virginia and teams in our own conference that had seasons and, and our guys didn't. And so you couldn't really say, it's, yeah, it's because of COVID, but there's some other things involved in that decision too. So yeah. without, without getting into that. So it's hard when you don't have answers, when you've got to lead guys and try to make sense out of stuff and you really don't have answers for them. Um, that's where you, you build up trust and hopefully you have trust equity and, and they kind of still believe in you and you, and you just, you got to encourage, um, you know, uh, I love the saying is, you know, how do you know when someone needs encouraged? If they're breathing, mm -hmm. okay, if they're yep. breathing. Yeah. So these guys needed, they needed encouragement. They, to be honest with you, Mel, they got a little pampered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um, so we went from one season, uh, being, not playing in the NCAA tournament through a, taking off almost a whole year to this season. So um, it, it was a lot of emotion built up when we had the success that we did winning the conference championship and winning the, winning the uh, regional championship because um, it was like almost a two-year grind, yeah. okay, of these guys believing, keeping, keeping the faith, encouraging them, and... Um, you know, I, I go to St. Bernard's Church, okay? Uh, my wife and I are, are Catholic. We go to 9.30 Mass, usually there. Not St. Bernard's, St. Thomas More, excuse me. But um, I would bring a lot of the players here during the COVID year and sometimes this year. I'd bring them over here um, because uh, it just felt like a place that would feed them where they were at a little bit better. And it's all about, it's not feeding them what you want to feed them. It's feeding them what necessarily what you want to feed them, but what, what's going to... And, and uh, grateful to Mel and, the, and this community that it helped a lot of our guys grow and get through some of the adversities that we had. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a, you know, like I kind of wanted to send a message to them. Um, I'm going to say we have a faith-based team, okay? Um, we have some Bible study on our team with where a lot of guys go. Um, we have a Scott Wagner's a character coach and does a wonderful job. We have topics of character that our team things. So um, we're, we're going to get uh, below the surface, okay? And um, I've really, over the last several years, I've really taken that as a greater responsibility in my leadership role, in my platform, that the platform they have is that um, I want to impact these young men uh, for life. And, um, and when the when there's windows of opportunities to put faith in there, there's no better way to impact them for life. Um, I give each kid, a, a, a freshman, a, a Bible at Christmas time. So even the Muslim, we had a Muslim kid on our team, and um, I just told him it's a book of wisdom. I said, if you don't, it doesn't matter if you're, what your faith is, your faith based, I just want you to have it. You don't want to open it, you don't have to open it. Some of the other kids that are Christian probably haven't opened it yet either, but um, maybe they... <laughs> But they got one. Maybe it'll open it five, ten years from now. Okay, they have to call dustbusters in to get it, get the dust off. But, um, but you know, you know, I, I really, it's not my job to save any of them. I don't, I don't feel that. Okay, it's, it, but but it is my job to, to plant seeds. Um, you know, uh, I'll share. If you see a lot of our shirts and stuff like that, it says G to G on it. Okay. Um, for the secular world, it's uh, good to great. It's a wonderful acronym, okay? Because it's good to great for the secular world. And for the rest of us uh, believers and, and for uh, many of the guys on the team, it's glory to God. So I 
that is part of leading with the heart. Yeah. Um, it's obvious to me that you put a, a high value on caring for your players beyond what they can contribute to the team, that it's not just about how are you contributing to the, the, the success of our team, but you really are investing in your players as well. You want them to be successful, you know, human beings, and, and, and I can tell that's the case. Um, and I feel like good organizations, good leaders do that with the people in their organization. They make an investment into them as well. But is that something you learned along the way somewhere, or is that something that maybe you didn't see that modeled and you thought someday when I'm a head coach, I want to build a culture like this? Uh, how did that develop? Yeah, Mel, I mean, that's a really good question. Yeah, I always had that idea of, you know, want to build a fit, you know, want to create a family. Yeah. Um, when you have a team, it's like adopting 12, 13 young men every year, okay? But you don't have to pay all the bills, so it's a good deal. <laughs> but but um, you don't have to feed them every day, all right? Uh, but and my wife's been a wonderful partner in that, um, you know, we have the kids over probably once a month for lasagna and different food, and she goes overboard and things like that. So, that you know, that help that helps create that atmosphere. Okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but as, as time goes on, you know, there's different stages, and like I said, in the maturity process. So when I take over, you know, okay, I want to build a family. We're gonna we're gonna be connected. We're gonna be united. And there's a lot of coaching slogans, and you know, and just different things that you you feel you need to do. Okay, and some of them. Over time, they, they become, they go from slogans to reality to real deep. Yeah. Okay? That's the best way I know how to explain it. All right? Um, there's a wonderful book out there that I, I really, for leadership purposes, want you to um, take note of and, and, and read. And, and it's about a basketball coach and his ego and getting caught up in his accomplishment. And it's called lead for God's sake. And when he starts off, he's upset with his players. And it's like, lead for God's sake. Okay. When it ends up, the end of the story comes down, lead for God's sake. Um, and um, leadership is a hatchet. There's, a, there's, there's, the, there's the hatchet and there's a treasure. Okay. And most people live their lives by that. They either live out of fear, they don't want to get chopped, okay, or they want the reward. You do this, you get this, mm -hmm. okay. And um, uh, I think, uh, and and what the story brings everything. It's a beautiful story, and what it brings all, all brings it all together, okay, is that those things work. They worked. They've worked for you. You've been on the receiving end, many of you, and may, many of you might have been on the other end of it where you're trying to inspire someone, you know, say with more money, and then that's fine for a while, yeah. and then they still want more money. Right. So that really doesn't solve the problem. Or, or it doesn't allow everybody to be their very best. But if you're able to uh, lead from the heart and get people to respond because of that, okay, then you have a greater, long, uh, greater chance to have long-term success with with your leadership and uh so this year um i think put my values to the test some okay um we had a situation where uh, I, I don't want to get into too many personal situations with that but um there were some challenging things for me as a coach and sometimes with in years past, I might have got really angry about it and just like, you know, like we got a good team and you got, you're screwing this up or you're screwing this up and, you know, and, and that's, you know, that would be me being inward thinking and worrying about our success and then, and then covering another thing where, you know, you're hurting the team's chances, okay? Mm -hmm. No, you're hurting Joe Lombardi's chances of winning a championship, okay? That's what it really would have been if we want to be honest about it, all right? So we all have a tendency to cover that up and think, okay, I'm doing it for the good of the family or I'm doing it for the good of, you know, the team and, you know, where it's really the good of me, okay? And, and then we, ex and then if those are the values that motivate us, then we end up um, imposing those values on the people yeah. that we're, we're supposed to be leading, yeah. okay? And so, um, so this year just really worked on 
and, 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 uh, and ask God for help to really help me in, in these situations to not be angry, to um, lead with compassion, to lead with love, okay? Um, and it was harder because it's, it's a lot harder just as a coach maybe just being intimidating, mm-hmm. just leading out of, with the hatchet, leading mm-hmm. out of fear, okay? Um, and it really worked out well. So it's a wonderful reinforcement, okay, that I was able to surrender some of my power that we want to, that we feel we have as leaders mm-hmm. and, and put that on others. And I, I was, I surrendered that. We always asking for everybody else below us to surrender <laughs> in our leadership capacity, yeah. make sacrifices, yeah. surrender, let your, leave your ego at the door because Mine's big enough in here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, you know, but that—that that is what it comes down to, and 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 yet, I had to learn how to do that myself, and um, and I, I really, it really paid off, and and I'm, I'm I want to say I'm grateful to God that um, not so much for the winning, but for the lesson, okay. But for for the lesson that that uh, that I learned along the way, okay, and the lesson I think I think my assistant coaches learned. I think my uh, my players learned. They don't even know they learned it, maybe, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> but they understood sometimes. Wow, I thought coach would really go off in this situation, or or you know, like I don't know how he's putting up with that or putting up with this, and yeah. I, I don't know how he's putting up with it either. But <laughs> uh, the dog got kicked a lot when I got home. Well, I'll tell you, Coach, I have, um, I've gotten to know some of your players to some degree, but every time I've seen them in public, uh, anytime they've been to church, they've always been um, guys that seem like they have high character. They've always been respectful. They've always been, you know, they don't carry themselves as, hey, I'm a basketball player. Hey, I'm an All-American. Hey, I'm anything like that. And I'm so appreciative of that because, again, I think it comes back to your culture. So I think you're doing a great job, not just with the the W's, but also with building the character of your players as well. So I appreciate that. And, uh, and if you're good with it, if, if, uh, we'll go ahead and sure. open it up and take some questions. And uh, Michael, are, uh, Michael, are you running the mic around today? All right. So if you've got questions here in the room, feel free to slip your hand up. We'll get a mic to you. And, um, and then we'll field some questions online as well if we have some. We, uh, we have a question from online from Quan. He says, my name is Quan Britt. I'm the head men's coach at Pennsylvania Highlands Community College, also the director of youth engagement at the Johnstown YMCA. His question is, how do you be a full-time Christian without pushing it on players and people around you? And he says, thank you for being so awesome. Was that for me or was that for? That was for Coach. Oh, Joe. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know who he was talking to. <laughs> I was. Conf- I got confused there towards the end. It's Quan. Yes. Okay. Quan, um, thank you for the question and thank you for uh, tuning in tonight. Um, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think uh, uh, it, it's very challenging. Um. But, but I, you know, we're, we're really called, uh, I think it was St. Francis of Assisi says, you know, preach the gospel at all times and, and sometimes and use, use uh, words if you have to. So um, I kind of like that quote and it's kind of, um, you know, you just try to, you kind of, you know, the biggest thing, Quan, is you, you want to, you got to live that yourself and, and uh, you bring an influence Will you bring an influence? And, and sometimes it's a temperature on your team, and sometimes it's a temperature at the school that you're at. Um, and so you can't, you know, I mean, we have faith night, too. After a game, the school allows us to have faith night where uh, Scott Wigner and FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, gather and speak to up to maybe 400 people about uh, kids give testimony to their faith and, and help how God's um, been there for them. So... Uh, I, I think you just got to try to live it, okay? Um, in the semi national semifinal game, Juan, I had to try to live <laughs> live my faith when it, it was a little challenging. Uh, there was a really game changing call in the first half, and 
Um, I'm going to embarrass my son, Dante, who's here, but he said, I, I wear a cross on my lapel is my way to give at games, if you've come to the games, and, and I wear a sport coat with a, a cross there. And, um, you know, I just always, I just thought to myself, people represent IUP, they represent Pennsylvania State, whatever, and, and, and all kind of things, okay? Uh, whatever lapels you see out there, and uh, uh, I want to represent Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, um, so at the game, I said, Dante, I think I should have taken a technical and maybe turned turn the, the, the fate of the game around a little bit, impact the game. Now the officials got to call the T, and now maybe we get the next couple calls or something like that because that's real. That does work, okay? And he says, he says well, I, I should have you know, went after the official, and he said, not as long as you had the lapel on. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. But he said, yeah. you might have had to call him over here gently and get the tea like, you know, that, like that really, really, really stunk, okay? And, and might have been able to slip one other adjective in there. But, um, so that was funny. So then after the game, um, my assistant, I'm sitting there, and I'm still fuming because I, I just really felt like it was such an impactful play. And um, I said, I'm, I'm really struggling with this, Ronnie. I, I can't go... Going to that press conference, and I can't mention that call. And I want to, I want to mention that call really bad, and I can't let it go right now. He said, he fed something back to me that that I've said to him at different times. You're either of the, you're of the world, or you're of the word. Hmm. It was hard biting my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, you, you, so Kwan, to answer your question real quickly, you, your 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 faith gets challenged, and, and you. And you're not, you're going to fail. I'm not, I'm not going to live up to it. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a hypocrite. So everybody else who's hypocrites in the room, put your hand up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the rest of you who didn't put your hand up, then uh, you're liars. So you put uh -huh. your hand up now. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> you're yep. a hypocrite by not putting your hand up. Okay. But, um, you know, we're sinners and hypocrites and, and I'm not, if people want to look at me that way and say that, I'm, I'm not worried about it. They're probably right and it's okay. And but I'm going to keep trying to pursue. That's good. That's good. Other questions in the room? It kind of hurt when you have a play, or player leave or transfer out. I'm sorry, say that again, bud. When Was a player it? leaves or a player transfers out, it kind of hurt? Yeah. When well, you I... I I've, yeah, there's different types of hurts, bud. Okay, <laughs> um, no, when I when I mean that, sometimes it's it's sad. We have a kid that's leaving because he he doesn't have a window of opportunity. But um, so, you know, but but he's he's helped me become a better coach. So, but it's just not he doesn't have the opportunity to play like he'd like to play. So that that's sad, um, and. You know, so sometimes you have things like that, all right? Um, I don't know if, you, if you're referring to, um, you have a young man, Armani Foster, who's an All-American who has one-year eligibility, but he's been here five years, okay? And, and, and a year ago, when this transfer portal and thing opened up, I was like, Armani, you know, just, he was thinking about it, and I said, I, I don't think you're ready, and, and just come back for another year, and we'll try to develop you and get you more ready to, you know, it, it say advance, to, to face higher challenges, so to speak. And, and, uh, and so when the year was up, I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm not going to be selfish and, and just think about me, okay? Mm -hmm. And I can say, oh, I just care about the team, so Imani, you got to stay. And No, um, then, then you got to live up to that word and you got to be supportive and, and, and I'm going to be happy for him, okay? I can't be looking inward. I have to be looking outward for him, and I have to be looking outward for Bryce, who's leaving because he wants a bigger opportunity to play. So, um, you, you know, there, there's different reasons kids transfer. It's not like, a, it's not always a, a divorce, a tough divorce, okay, not to make light of that. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, there's not a, always a, a problem or bitterness in there. Well, and, and if you lead the way you're talking about leading, you're, you're developing intimacy and relationships. And so even if there are no issues at all, there's still gonna be grieving the loss of relationship. 
because if you've invested there and you've cared for them and you are building a family and not just you know, uh, a corporate machine or whatever, then there's gonna be hurt, even if things are good. I mean, my, my daughter went to college and I grieved that, so I'm still grieving it. But I'm so excited about her future too and I feel like, is that kind of the view you have when some of these guys like Armani is leaving, you're, you're sad but you're celebrating the opportunities they have as well? Yeah, that's, that's good insight, man. That's a good comparison. You know, um, your, your joy for them, your, 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 Happiness for them has to supersede, and um, your disappointment for yourself or, yeah. or, for, or for you know your team or something like that. Okay, so yeah. so that's again that goes back to leading from the heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you can be a transactional coach or a transformational coach. That's good. You can be a transactional leader or a transformational leader, and those are choices you make. And it's not like you're one or the other. There's a lot of room in between who you are. Mm-hmm. And some days you're over there and maybe some days you're over there. But, but as, as, as Christian men and women, we, we, need to, we need to work at being more transformational than we are transactional because we all know the transactional side has a shelf life on it. Yeah. Okay? Um, so, um, and the transformational one doesn't. That's good. That's good. Dave, you had your hand up up here. Michael, do we have some questions online after this? Okay, cool. Go ahead, Dave. How do you get people to continue to buy in? How do you keep them motivated to continue to trust the process if and when they don't see it necessarily translating into the results that they think it should? And then are there times when you maybe adjust or bend your philosophy based on um, personnel or other circumstances that you might be dealing with? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I want to say this the right way. We've had a, a lot of success over the last three, you know, actually four years, but one year was COVID where we didn't play. But so then, so you go back four years now, and even before that, um, you know, we've probably won 85% of the games over the last five years. So um, winning breeds success. So it, it, my jobs have been easier because I have more credibility when I speak to the, to the individuals, okay? Um, and uh, um, guys, there's always, you're always going to get resistance, okay? Even from the best young men, you're going to get resistance because and, and, they have different lenses. They're seeing things different the way you're seeing it. Like, I'm better than him, coach. Well, in my mind, it's like the three best players, we got five guys out there. The three best players always play. That's not a coach's decision. That's a player's decision. Mm -hmm. After that, it's a coach's decision who plays because it's not a one-on-one game. It's probably who complements those three best guys, these three guys the most. And in your leadership position, or if you're in that, okay, you have to understand, or if you're being led, you have to understand sometimes that – Sometimes it's, it's who compliments who. It's not always the most, you know, it's just the most talented, but who's compliment, who fits, who can get the team, the team, whether it's a certain job or whatever, to the, to the finish line or, 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 or to execute the best. So um, uh, you have to be adaptable. You have to adapt. I mean, we, we had a major injury after seven games. We lost a kid that was scoring 25 a game, and we had to try to figure it out. Getting to your question, though, okay? Um, all eyes were on me when, I, when it happened, whether it was the locker room afterwards or it was the next day of practice, whether it was me walking in and the coach is seeing, okay? Everybody is seeing how you're reacting. And you can't react how you want to react. You have to react what the people around you that you're leading need to see. And you have to identify that. And then, you know, you can't. You know, it's not always what you want to tell them in the locker room after a game after a loss. It's not what you want to say to them. You got to say, okay, well, what do we need? We got a game coming tomorrow. Or we got this coming up, and or these guys have been beaten down, and you know they don't need they don't need the truth right now necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you lie to them, but there's you can you can well you can lead with vision in that moment. It's not just about yeah. what we see right here. It's about 
hey, what can we get through in spite of this, right? Like, exactly, exactly. It's, 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 it's just taking another direction instead of dwelling on who we aren't or what yeah. would happen or, or who we're not or how we failed, okay? Um, one thing I try to tell my guys, and I think it's a good leadership topic to share, okay? You've you got to continue to fight, okay? This year I said you've ha- you got to fight. You've got to fight through fatigue, okay? You've got to fight through failure, all right? You've got to fight through your feelings, because we can all fail, we can all add more burden to our situations, mm-hmm. okay, if we don't fight through those things, okay? If we don't fight through our own fatigue and what we're doing, if we don't fight through, you know, our own failures, okay, you're all going to fail sometime this week at something. You let it bring you down or do you f- use that as energy to take you up? Um, and, then, and then even your feelings, okay? How do you, you know... Uh, you know, in a basketball game, you know, it'd be like a ref makes a bad call and you're, you're feeling it, you know, 10 minutes later. Like, okay, we, we have to fight. You have to fight. All right? So um, I like to use that also because I think you have to fight in your faith. Okay? You're going to get discouraged in your faith. You're going to, yeah. God's not listening. God doesn't hear me. Um, and, and uh, you know, and you have to fight those feelings. You have to mm-hmm. fight that off. Okay? Um, yeah. God's not speaking to me. You know, uh, why doesn't he give me direction on where I want to go? It's not on your time frame. Um, those are all things that um, leaders, we have to teach people how to fight. Okay? We have to teach them how to fight yeah. because every day is not going to be a good day. They're all, and, and actually, to be honest with you, try to say they're all good days. Some are just better than others. So, <laughs> That's good. Questions online, Michael? Go, go ahead, Tom. Online? Or do you want to go well, Coach, I, I was going to ask real quick. Uh, you know, you talk about being a transformational leader. Uh, more often than not, that's more about cultivation than revolution. So how do you get players to buy into that kind of understanding? Cultivation rather than revelation. Is that what you said, Todd? A revolution. Okay. Explain that a little more. Yeah, yeah, flesh I'm, that out some more. Todd, well, I did. So I'm, let's let's say you have a player that comes in. I didn't in. go to Harvard. <laughs> let's, let's say you got a player that comes in and you know he really believes that he ought to be playing right away. Like he's going to revolutionize the team. Uh, but as a coach, you understand that there's some cultivation that needs to take place first. How do you get that player to buy into that and to to you know to trust you in that? Regard. Uh, some, <laughs> how do you do it? Uh, I'm not sure I have the answer, Todd. Okay, first of all, um, sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I, I think sometimes you try to appeal to them. You know, I, I've done this in the past with, with like college age guys. It's like you know, you just got to keep working hard. You got to you got to you know you got to have trust. You got to believe like. Like, if you had a kid someday, like, what would you tell them when, if they were going through this? You're going to tell them to, to pout? You're going to tell them to get angry? You're going to tell them, you know, like, like you, you, you got to, the best way I can explain is you got to change their lenses, okay? And our lenses and our perspective on things um, create, cause us to act in a good way or cause us to act in a bad way. It's how do you see what happened, okay? And something, something can happen. The same thing can happen to both of us, Mel. And mm-hmm. you might see it in a compassionate, understanding way, and I might just see it in a bitter way, mm-hmm. okay? And and you know that's part of the part of the coaching and helping helping young men grow and helping people that we lead is is to trying to change their lenses and let them see, okay? My older son said, Dad, we're not going to see things the same way. I see things as a 32-year-old guy, and you see him as a 62-year-old guy. So we didn't have the same experiences, and we're not going to, you know, that's not going to, we're not going to have the same insight to stuff. So, you know, we're just not going to agree, period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had a couple of questions down here. I think Marie had her hand up first. Uh, Yeah, right there. Hey, Coach. So I actually think that with Todd's question, it really tied into mine because I was going to ask, 
if you have teammates who have clashes in their personalities and they don't seem to work together because maybe one feels like they're pulling the team and the other one's dragging the team, how do you work through that? Good question. Because that's definitely a good one in the workplace. (laughs) You know, when I got out of college, I taught middle school. And I was a history teacher at a Catholic middle school, and I wasn't very good at history. <laughs> so, well, so anytime I got a tough question, I would say, that's great extra credit questions. Who in the room can find the answer? You go home. And meanwhile, I'd go home and find the world encyclopedia. <laughs> now, I'm sure some other of you teachers in the audience you know, might have done the same thing at time, okay, when you're stuck. You never want to tell sixth, seventh graders you don't know the answer. But um, I don't know. You know, you you try to work it out. You try to define the roles. You try to, you know, it comes back to um, early in the season we told our guys that the number one job that they have, uh, that we have as coaches, is to love on them. And number one job they have to do is to love on each other. So, with my team, I wouldn't be hesitant to use Bible scripture either, make allowances for each other's faults, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, my wife's been doing that for almost 35 years, <laughs> okay? I don't know if she wrote that scripture or not. I, I don't think her name's Matthew, but um, who was the writer? Do you know off the top? <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Just make allowances right. for each other's faults. That's yeah. okay. Though. I don't want to catch you, catch you off guard. But... I love that scripture, and, and it's try, it's, yeah. I've used it to try to help me grow in my life, okay? And, again, i got to change their lenses, okay? Like, all right, he's different than you, or you're different than him, but we got to figure out how to do it together, because if we do, then you'll benefit, and he'll benefit. Yeah. But if we, don't, if we don't get on the same page, no one's going to be successful. It usually doesn't. There's no magic man here, okay? I don't have any sprinkly dust. It doesn't, it doesn't change after the first thing. But you may have those relationships with people that work and stuff like that. And, and, and you've got to, again, you've got to change your perception because if you don't see them for who they are. We had a guy a couple years ago that got real frustrated because another player wouldn't pass him the ball, okay? And the guy that wouldn't pass the ball, he wasn't like, looking at him, and he didn't, like, see him and say, I don't want to throw in the ball. He just had tunnel vision. So when he was dribbling, all he could see is the rim in front of him. So I have to educate the other guy. Mm-hmm. Don't take it personal. He's not looking you off. He's looking everybody off. I said, I just had Dante in the office, and he was telling me the same thing, okay? I said, so it, it, that's it's just something he struggles with. So sometimes you've got to create an image and, 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 a, and try to pull out the compassion and the understanding and, um, and, you know, sometimes you, even if you have, to, I always feel if you have to create an illusion, if it's for their own good, it's okay to create an illusion for them, too. And another way to say lie. <laughs> for the record, I don't advocate you lie, but he can. <laughs> and it was Paul who said that. I just don't remember where he said it at. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, think we've, I think we've got time for one more question, so... You better make it really good, Mark. This is just a real quick comment. It was in Tony Dungy's book, Uncommon. He, he reinforced what you said earlier. He always, on new draft picks, he'd put NEC. And one of his assistants says, what's NEC? He said, not enough character. Mm, he, said, I can, he said, I can teach skill, but I can't always teach character. That's good. NEC. I don't want you to think every kid we have is perfect, and, and we search for perfection. Um, uh, they all have flaws, and but if they have a heart, I think we can work through the flaws. And, and sometimes some of the um, most gratifying situations were when you bring a young man along mm-hmm. when maybe people doubted if he could ever get to a certain space. And you kind of know, you know, there's some guys I've had in my programs, they, their families have done such a great job with them. There wasn't a lot for me to do. It wasn't just buff the polish a little bit, okay? And then there's some people that I had to do a whole new paint job on, so I always felt better about the new paint job. Yeah, and you're, you're dealing with some very diverse kids who come from very diverse backgrounds and a lot of brokenness in some situations. But let's be honest. I mean, um, you, 
you're a grown man and I've seen so much spiritual development and growth in you in the last four, five, six years, uh, just from a distance even. Uh, same thing for me. I've grown you know, in the last few years and so I think that's part of it is understanding, hey, we're not gonna have perfect perfect guys when they come on campus or we're not gonna have perfect employees when they walk in the door, but are, are, there, are they malleable enough that we can help mold them and shape them into the people they need to be at some point? And, and I think that's one of the things you guys do well, again, is you, you recognize that and then you help put them in a, in a position to be able to be shaped. So I appreciate that. Thanks. That's good. Do we have time for one more question, Michael? Usually we cut it off at eight, but we got a special guest, so. And before that, that question, because I, 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 I'll be remiss, you know, any, any good that's done down through the basketball office is, um, you know, uh, my assistants uh, might even probably have a bigger impact than me, okay? Uh, Ron Fadala and John DeGroat. Um, I have two young men that are, uh, have incredible hearts, okay? And... Um, they just uh, they just love on the kids extremely well, so that that really creates that culture moving forward. It reinforces the things I have to say, and and um, and they do it with their actions, not with their words. It's good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wondered if there was anything that you did like on a regular basis that you felt led to the success of the team. I wasn't sure I heard it. Yeah, I just was saying that do you feel like you had the players do anything on a regular basis that you felt that led to the success of the team? I had the players do anything on a regular basis? Um, Dante, you want to answer that one? <laughs> Here, hold on one second, Dante. I want to make sure they can hear you online, so we're getting you the mic. Honestly, it was a lot of repetition and him kind of just repeating the same things over and over and over again. So, <laughs> now, that sounds bad. It, it, I understand that sounds bad, but I say it in a, in a good way because he was talking about it earlier, how th certain things would become, like, it's just a saying and then it became something else, and became something else. And by him doing that, we, we lived a lot of the things that he would preach and that we would do in practice. So a lot of the things that we would do, we would do it every day for a long time, but that stuff became habit, so. You know, when you talked about persistence at the beginning, and that's part of it, is just we're gonna reinforce this over and over and over, it's gonna become second nature to us. And I'm assuming that you weren't just talking about basketball skills, you're talking about other stuff as well. Is that right, Dante? Sorry. Sometimes you speak it into life, okay? Um, humility, gratitude, commitment, humility, gratitude, commitment, humility, gratitude, commitment, to, to the point where they don't wanna be the guy without the humility, or they don't wanna be, they don't wanna ever be ungrateful. Yeah. Okay. And they search. So the more you talk about, the more they search for things that they are grateful for. Okay. So the less, the more uh, sacrifices there. When, when you're grateful, you make more sacrifices. When you have no gratitude in your life, it's really hard to sacrifice anything for anyone. That's good. To Mel's statement, yes, it was more than just basketball. For instance, uh, a high percentage of days as coach would walk into practice, he would always scream, great day to be alive, count your blessings. And that, at first, was a saying that a lot of players would probably joke about in a making fun manner, but as years would go on, years would go on, freshmen became sophomores, became juniors, became seniors, it became a way of life of, you know, be grateful for everything. And that's one thing that he touched on earlier. It's really good. It's really good. I think it's a great place for us to wind down. Coach, anything else you want to share or say? Or uh, I, I just, I just want to go back to the leadership thing, and um, you know, and that that book because I think it's a, it's you know, it's, it's something to leave you with um, if you're searching for to be better leaders, and um, uh, it's just lead with your heart. It's it, it's it's no different than. In your pursuit to be a better leader, is your pursuit to be a, a better Christian man or woman? It's, it's uh, you know, build your heart up and 
and, and do things. Um, don't, don't do things for yourself and, and for your own ego, but, but try, to, try to keep others in the forefront, okay? Um, and if you can do that, then uh, the results will follow, and if they don't follow, then at least you'll, you'll find your own peace. That's good. Thank you. That's good. Coach, do you care if I, I pray for you as we close out our time together? Is that okay? I take all prayers. All right. Well, hey, thank, I'm going to... Thank you, Mel. I'm, I'm going to close our time together in prayer, and, um, and you can join me as we pray for Coach Lombardi. Lord, thank you so much for the leaders you've gathered in this room together and the leaders that are watching online. I pray that you would help us lead better. I pray that you would help us lead more selflessly and put others first. I pray that you would help us... Um, lead biblically, and I pray that we would live that out in our everyday life. Lord, I pray a blessing on Coach Lombardi. Thank you for the time that he's given us this evening. I just pray your blessing on him. Lord, more than wins and losses, Lord, I pray that you bless him with greater influence, greater impact with his student athletes, with his coaches, with the people he comes into contact with, and I pray that you would give him a greater platform to share your glory. So God, I just pray blessing on him in every way to be a blessing. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Guys, again, thank you for joining us for Leadership Night. We appreciate it. We'll see you back here the first Wednesday night of every month. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.